Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of the You Should Know podcast. Here we go. Everybody give me some love. Give me some love. Give me some love. You know, I'm really excited to get this podcast going. I've been working on it for six months, seven months. And uh, basically what this podcast is, it's a guest-based podcast. So I'll bring on people that I'm interested in and I feel like have a certain type of knowledge on a certain subject that other people should know about. And today, on the first episode, we have the one, the only, the Atlanta Hawks' newest signee, Armani Brooks. How you doing, Peyton? Glad to be here. Hey, man. Very excited to be a part of your first episode. I really appreciate it, bro. Um, Let's get right into it. How do we know each other? How long have we known each other? Man, uh, we go way back, man, since I don't even know, like, fourth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. Man, just playing basketball. What, were we on the Pflugerville Heat or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, my God, we were so bad. Yeah, yeah, we were kids. We've known each other, yeah, like, 10-plus years. Me and Armani have, you know, grown up playing basketball together. Pretty sure he was on, like, the first basketball team I was ever on. Yeah. And so it's been great to watch you grow and prosper and pass me up. <laughs> all these years, but let's start with uh, AAU because we played AAU together, and we, especially when we were older, we ran stuff. It was, oh yeah, it was bro. us. You yeah. know, THP take his hardwood prospects, bro. We was we practiced in the most raggedy, broke down church Facts. possible. But all I know is that we, when it was game time, bro, we was ready to go. Oh, we were on. We were on <laughs> definitely. So we would let let me get into a little. I think I've talked to you about this before, but for everybody else to know. We, we would play these tournaments, and there would be there would be coaches there, obviously. And, you know, I'd have a good game. Yeah. I'd hit, like, five threes, six threes. <laughs> I'd get some dunks, 20-something points. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The coach is going to blow up my phone. And Armani might be quiet the first half. Armani comes in the second half and drops 40, gets six offers after the game, and I'm like, well, well damn. Well, nothing I did matters. But – uh yeah, bro, you, like, we would be at these tournaments, and I remember just, like, it was after, like, one week, there would be, like, ten different coaches at every game, D1 coaches, big-name coaches. And THP, our AAU team wasn't a shoe team. No. We didn't play these big circuit teams. Like, we didn't play these big no. tournaments. And you had the opportunity to go play for a shoe team. Yeah. Why, why didn't you take that? Um, you know, well, I started off THP my sophomore year, and, um, you know, I was kind of – I was okay. Yeah. I wasn't really ready to, you know, start getting recruited by any Division One schools. But, um, you know, going into my junior – my senior year, going into my junior year – oh, you said the backwards. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, like my last AAU season, um, you know, Coach um, Tim, he passed away. Yeah. And so um, I got a call in the middle of class and from my dad, and, you know, just telling me what happened and – and I had to walk out of class because I was crying and yeah. everything, you feel me? Yeah, and um, So I just, you know, I was thinking about going to play with Texas Pro out of Houston on the Adidas gauntlet. But um, when all that happened, I was like, nah, I can't leave Coach Tim, man. You feel me? Uh, he got me my first offer from Sam Houston State. Yeah. And um, I just felt like it was my obligation to, you know, come back and pick up, keep going what he left off. And um, that was probably the best decision I ever made, you know, yeah. staying with THP because – the memories that I, that I made with you guys and all the games and, the, you know, all the things that we went through, I mean, it made me what I am today. For sure, and that says a lot about 
your character and a lot about, you know, loyalty. And um, there's a lot of kids out here, and that's kind of why I want you on, wanted you on this podcast is because you don't have, like, the conventional route of somebody who did, doesn't really know you and just sees your Instagram post is like, oh, he's he just got picked up by w- Washington for summer league. Oh, now he's with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. They're like, oh, they don't know that that route that you didn't do these shoot teams. You weren't on ball as live. You weren't on doing all this, None of that. this stuff. So for these kids that think, oh, I need to go be on this shoot team. I need to go do this. What would you say to them? Is it important? Is it necessary? And if they were in the same position you were to have the opportunity to go play in these circuits, what should they do? Um, You know, honestly, I just always thought that if you were good enough, you'll be found. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were to – if there's an NFL talent quarterback at a Division three school, mm-hmm. if he's good enough to play in the NFL, he's going to get found by any means necessary. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like, you know, everyone gets caught up in playing for certain teams and, you know, playing with hype and playing in front of cameras every game, playing in front of – 10,000 people or however many people be at high school games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just feel like if you're good enough, you'll get found. And the talent speaks. And, yeah. Um, just trust me, bro. You don't have to go play on any shoe teams. You don't got to go to no prep schools. You ain't got to go to no, no certified training. Just work hard by yourself. And um, if you're good enough to go play at the level that you want to play at, you'll get found. And um, trust me, they'll find you quick. Yeah. And, and – I feel like now more than ever, it's so much easier to get recruited because of social media. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Every, everybody posting their highlights. Exactly. Nonstop. Exactly. You have direct access to coaches. I mean, whenever we were coming up, we could do that. You didn't obviously have to do that, but you know, I was kind of like, well, damn, it was getting towards <laughs> towards the end, and I was like, shit, I kind of yeah. want these coaches to know. But you have direct access to these coaches. You can DM a coach your highlights. You can tag them on whatever. Like. It, I feel like it's so much easier now to get recruited. Not that it's easy. It's obviously hard yeah. to get even one offer, let alone yeah. multiple from any level. Yeah, for so, sure. But, you know, I don't – I feel like, I, you know, I don't have the, the the reputation to say, oh, don't go do this, don't go do that. But I witnessed firsthand there were people that did, you know, leave non-circuit teams and go to circuit teams and – just because they get cool shoes and gear and the cool name and Paul's life is there and you might see an NBA player on the sideline and then they get there and they don't play. Yeah. They'll get there and score two points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So definitely on those shoe teams, man, it's a lot of, it's a lot of politics that go in their shoe teams. Mm -hmm. You know, um, at all levels of basketball, there's some level of politics that goes on that you have no control over. You know, like a college coach might know that, AAU head coach, so he'll ask you to play a dude a certain amount of minutes so that they can, you know, recruit him and critique him more. So um, I just say don't fall into the trap. Go where where you're wanted. Yeah. And um, if you're wanted, then do that and just play to the best of your ability at whatever level you're playing at. Yeah, and that takes me into going into college. So you obviously had – how many? do you remember how many offers you had in Uh, high school? Like 32, I believe. Something like that. Damn. I had two. But 32. And so you obviously decided to go to U of H. Yeah. So how did that relationship start with uh, Coach Sampson? Um, well, first off, UH was when – when they were recruiting me, they were at every single 
game. Yeah. There was a coach from the staff at every single game. Definitely remember that. Um, you know, just little things like that. And they were my first visit, and they literally made schedule my visit the first day you could have a visit. Uh-huh. And so, you know, just showing um, – just them showing that much appreciation and attention to me, you know, was really big. And then when I got there, you know, you know, UH was uh, – they had been down for a while, mm-hmm. hadn't really been winning a whole lot of games. And um, Coach Sampson really just sold me on a vision. Um, you know, new arena, new yeah. style, new system, new players, mm-hmm. just everything. So um, I just felt like going into that, it was, the, it was a great situation to be in. And um, I really like being a part of, you know, rebuilding things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going into things that are already set on winning, you know what I'm saying, you know, it's fun to go in there and just win off rip, but, you know, I wanted to go through the trials and tribulations of, you know, you know, w- losing games that we should win and mm-hmm. winning games that we shouldn't have won. Yeah. It just makes you feel so much better about what you're building at that school and yeah. at that location. Yeah, but college basketball sucks, right? <laughs> it's it's bad. You're, do, how do you feel about not being paid? Be honest. Um... Because you're, you're waking up. Like, people don't understand how much work is in, a college basketball player puts in. Yeah, you're getting your education yeah. paid for, but, I mean. I just, no, yeah, I definitely feel like there should be some form of compensation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, literally over the summer, the summer's probably the easiest time to be a college basketball player. Mm-hmm. You wake up probably 6 o'clock, you got weights for an hour, weights and conditioning in the morning. Um, freshman and sophomores normally got to go to class. Yeah. So you'll go to class for two hours, come back for another workout and open gym that afternoon around one. And then you'll get done about five. And then you go home. Whatever time you go to sleep, wake up and do it again four days out of the week. Mm-hmm. And then come season, you know, you're practicing. That season is when it get hard. Because, yeah. um, you know, you got class before practice. We practiced at three. Okay. So we'd be in the film room three o'clock to about – four-ish, depending on how mad coach got at everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then practice is anywhere from three hours, three and a half hours of nonstop war, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you going in there every day after class, after lifting weights, yeah. after whatever's going on in personal life, all your homework and assignments that you got to do, you got to find a way to just block all of that out and go into practice with the right mentality. Because if you go in practice with the wrong mentality, you're getting killed. Were you ever not motivated during whenever you were at U of H, like just in college basketball in general? Were you ever just like, man, like we'll get into you, you deciding to go leave and yeah. go? But what, your freshman year, your sophomore yeah. year, were you ever just like, man, I do, I don't know about this? Yeah, my my freshman year, I almost wanted, I really wanted to quit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. going in every day, I was getting cooked by Damian. <laughs> I was going um, I was going against this guy named Damian Dotson every day. He plays for the New York yeah. Knicks now. Yeah, definitely. And um, bro, every day he would kill me, bro. <laughs> and coach, all the coaches were getting on me nonstop. I just felt like I couldn't even play basketball anymore. I was like, bro, I'm not even good anymore. Like, I just felt like, my, like yeah. my, I felt like everything about me just like my confidence was just non-existent, bro. Yeah. And um, you know, I had a lot of long nights just thinking about, you know. Dreading to go to practice the next day and dreading to even wake up to go do anything tomorrow because, yeah. you know, when your confidence gets that low, bro, it takes a toll on your sure. entire life, you For know. For sure. But um, now I just I found a way to fall through. My parents and my, my brother, honestly, they were my motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, after the long days at practice, they called me or I called them and keep them and they just tell me not to give up, you yeah. know, because, like, my goals were bigger than what was going on at that time. Yeah. So what was, the, what was the turning point, like, whenever you were getting cooked every day in practice <laughs> – and, uh, you know, it was, you know, messing with your confidence and, and everything. What was, was there a certain moment where your turning point 
was it like in a game where you got hot? Was it sometime at practice or was it a meeting you had with a coach? Yeah, so, um, at you know, we would practice probably six days out of the week. So, like, for five of those practices, I would be getting cooked. Yeah. And, like, the one practice I'd do, I'd, you know, I'd go back at them. Mm-hmm. And I, I finally just figured out how to how to win certain battles, you know what I'm saying? So win a possession here, win a possession there. And once I started winning possessions, that's when my confidence like, okay, I can, you know what I'm saying? I can, yeah. I can play at this level. Yeah. So um, once, I, once I saw that, and it just kind of started clicking. And then going into my sophomore year, that summer was a huge year for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked so hard. And, um, you know, any of the coaches will testament, you know, have a testament behind that. And um, my sophomore year, that's when things started taking off a little bit. Yeah, so let's go into your sophomore year. Y'all made it to the Sweet 16? Uh, or, or round of 32. Round of 32. Yeah. And so that's whenever y'all lost with the, yeah. to the, with the buzzer beater to Michigan. Yeah. How was that? Because I was watching on TV. That was so tough. Y'all, I was like, oh, yeah, they got it. And then – they panned to you on the sideline. Bro, oh Bro I was like, oh, they got him. They got him. He's <laughs> done. I was like, it was over. I was like, he's going to be a meme. I was, I was like, bro, I texted you afterwards, too. I was like, bro, you're good. Uh, I wanted to joke, but I know that was a tough time. So bro. I was like, yeah, no, they got him. No. But, uh, so I know that has to be one of the worst feelings in the world. Oh, yeah. We were, um, I think we were up two. Mm-hmm. We were up two with like five seconds left. Yeah. And um, I think... One of one of my teammates that went to the free throw line to be able to seal the game, and um, you know obviously you know he missed the two free throws, and um, but you know we still figured that we had the game won. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. most of us are on the sideline, kind of celebrating, like yeah, we about to go to LA because that's where the C16 was. Yeah. Um, and um, as soon as he left his hand, we just all like yeah, obviously we all just looked. And like it got close to the rim, <laughs> it got close to the rim, and we all just kind of and, and it, whatever happened happened. And we were like, "Bro, there's yeah. no like." At, at first, I just like I just sat on the floor and I was like, "Bro, what happened?" <laughs> like yeah. that really, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Did he really make that? And then I, you know, obviously all the emotion and stuff started happening. Yeah. And um, well, a lot of people didn't see was in the locker room. Obviously. Oh, you know what, what was saying? that like? Bro, I bet that was. It was it was ridiculous, bro. Yeah. Like my teammate who missed the free throws, he was in the bathroom punching the wall. I bet he was. You know they were just, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you would think that somebody died. Mm-hmm. Like how the locker room was, and um, all the seniors were just going like crying like Shit. crazy, yeah. and we were just all trying to comfort everybody. And what what would what did Coach Samson say to you after that? What could he say after that? Like, hey man, that's tough as hell. I literally, I really don't remember what he said. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Yeah. Like, he stood like while we were we sat there in the locker room crying for like twenty five minutes. Yeah, like we just, and then I think he walked around, gave all the seniors a hug, told them he loved them, and um. After that, I really I don't I don't know if he said anything. Mm-hmm. I I just know that like right before we walked out, me and Galen made eye contact and said we'll be back next year. Yeah, and and y'all did, and we did, and y'all made it further. Y'all made it to the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> yeah, um, that. You y'all really did change the culture at U of H, and y'all set a standard of winning. Um, how was how how is that Sweet Sixteen experience? Because you know we grow up watching the tournament, yeah. and we're like, that's everybody like Hooper's dream. It's like, yeah, if you play college, it's like I want to I want to make it to the tournament. I want to be yeah. Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four. How was that? I know I know you were shitting on yourself <laughs> because that that's a that's a. Biggest stage in college basketball. What, yeah. what was that like? You know, just going into the, the entire tournament, there's only 68 teams who make it. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the two play-in games were four other teams and then the field of 64. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that whole 
weekend, you're getting treated like a celebrity. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's nonstop cameras, nonstop attention. Everybody everywhere wants to ask you questions. Yeah. You're getting DMs from people asking, can you leave them tickets that you've never met before? <laughs> like, you, I don't even know who you are. You're asking me to leave you tickets to the game. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, I have family. That's, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I got priorities. Yeah. I, I don't know I you. I don't know you. And, um... But yeah, man, you know, just going into that, you know, it's it's really a surreal moment. And yeah. you know, my first my sophomore year when we went to the tournament, I did not play good in either games. Mm-hmm. So um I couldn't make a shot to save my life. Mm-hmm. So I just tried to find a way, you know, getting rebounds and um yeah. just trying to do anything to help the team win and play defense. But um, you know, going into my junior year, I was like, bro, I can't have another show like that in the tournament. Yeah. You know, that's that's a huge stage and my team needs me. Yeah. And um so the first game I did I think I I fouled out, I think, against Georgia State. I had I think I felt that I had like two points or something like that. Yeah. Played terrible. Mm-hmm. So I was beating myself up and um the second game we had Ohio State and um I played pretty good. I think I had like ten points, um, like seven rebounds. Had a had a solid game, yeah. really contributed to my team's wins and then um, you know, we found out we were playing Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen and Big Time. Yeah, we wanted mm-hmm. to bro, that's we we had that game like, bro. We wanted that game so bad. Yeah, it's like, a different energy it, going yeah, into it. Yeah, it's a different yeah. type. Like, you know, a lot of times we, we had a real goofy team. So, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We joke around all the time. But, like, that week when we were getting ready to play them, bro, it was none. Yeah. No jokes, bro. Yeah. Like, we wanted that game yeah. so bad. Yeah. And um, got to Kansas City, and we started, you know, getting our minds right, going into the game. And you walk out in the arena, and you see all that, all the blue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? We probably, it was probably, we played in the Sprint Center. It probably felt like. 22,000 people. Yeah. When I tell you that 18,000 was Kentucky. Yeah. Um 2,000 was Houston and like 2,000 was just random people yeah. like they had on like, What is that? What does that do to you? Does that be like, "Oh shit, like, oh. We're, this is like an away game or are you like, okay, that's motivation or is it a little bit of both?" Um it just, you know, just that our entire season we felt like we were underdogs. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we were doing good, winning every time all the time. Um, you know, we just always kept that chip on our shoulder. So we walk into the arena, see all that blue, and we like, well, yep, it's a road game. Yeah. So let's get our minds right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because sure. the noise is not going to be for us. It's going to be for them every single time, yeah. whether it's something good or bad. Yeah. And um, I think that I think that was the best thing that could have happened to us, though, you know, having that, that um, mentality. Because then it just really motivates you to even go out there and silence their fans. Yeah. And so – Y'all came up short in that game. Y'all didn't lose by much. It was like 58 to 64 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it was like a four-point game. Yeah, and um, how long after that did you start thinking about uh, entering for the draft? Um, or were you thinking about it during the season? No, during the season I didn't try to think about anything like that because, you know, I didn't want to have any distractions at all because yeah. I was completely mm-hmm. just bought into my teammates. Yeah. But um, probably I'd say like – Two weeks maybe. Yeah. After the game, I was like, I think I just kind of want to test it out and see what's going on. Yeah. And um, because you know they had made the rule where if you de- declare by a certain date, you could come back. Yeah. And so um, I just wanted to test and find out what was going on early in that process. Yeah. Um. So I was watching uh Andre Iguodala on the Breakfast Club. We were just talking about the Breakfast Club, but yeah. I was watching him on the Breakfast Club, and he was talking about when he told his coaches that he wants to enter for the draft. They told them, you know, they they were they gave him like negative mm-hmm. feedback. Not because he wasn't good enough, but that they told him is because he wasn't good enough. They're like, you're not ready for that, you know, this, that and the other. Um but the whole time it's because they wanted to win a national championship and wanted to keep him on the team. Yeah. Well 
what was the coach's reaction? Was there any negative feedback? Was there anything? And not um, putting anybody under the bus, but <laughs> be honest. No, yeah. Um, when I first, you know, when I first declared to go to the draft, um, I still had my option to come back. So, yeah. you know, all the coaches were like, yeah, you know, just, you know, get feedback because that was my initial, you know, thoughts yeah. were to go get feedback and um, just see what I need to work on for next year. And, um, you know, of course, you know, I wanted, I was going to come back and go and try to help the team win some more yeah. games and get further in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as the process went along, I was getting some really good feedback from the teams. And mm-hmm. so I was like, man, I might I, I might think about staying in it, you know yeah. what I'm saying, just to, um, you know, just take that risk. And, um, you know, to when it got towards the end of the, um, you know, the deadline, mm-hmm. I started telling Coach, like, I think, you know, I think I'm going to keep my name in the draft. And um, at first he was, you know, he was really, you know, upset about it because obviously he wanted me to come back. Yeah. And, you know, and I told him my initial plans were to come back, and um, I didn't want to betray that. Yeah. But um, you know, after you know, we just really sat down and talked about it. You know, he was encouraging about it. And, yeah. Um, he told me that if that's what I want to do, then you know, go be the best I could be. I'm always gonna be a cougar. Yeah. And um, and then he texts me nonstop to this day. We always talking. Me and all the coaches on the staff. Um, you know, just asking me how things going. Yeah. You know, if I have, if they have any advice. Yeah. Sending me um motivational stuff just to keep me going because it's a complete the NBA is completely different from yeah. college like yeah. it's night day and night it's completely different yeah and we're we're gonna we're gonna get into that but did you experience any backlash outside of your coaching staff just randoms on Twitter because yeah. yeah what <laughs> what was that like what, how did you feel what were people saying um when I you know I sent out my little tweet saying that I was gonna stay in the draft or whatever. Yeah. And um, a lot of the comments were really positive, saying, mm-hmm. you know, good luck, um, congratulations or whatever. But there were some people on there saying, bro, like, what the hell are you doing? You're making a dumb decision. Yeah. Um, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. And I'm like, like, bro, who are you? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're mad at me for what I want to do. Like, exactly. I get, like, you know what I'm saying? You're a Cougar fan or, you know, whatnot. And I, I gave Houston my everything for three years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't feel like you should be mad about that. Yeah, and you have the chance to – you know, make a lot of money yeah. and change your family's life, life your yeah. life. And I, I don't under, I, yeah, I, I'll never understand that. And I, I don't know if it's a, a selfish thing of them, like, I want to see U of H keep winning or it's like a thing where they, because a lot of, you know, people from, you know, parents and older people say like, oh, go get your education, finish yeah. it. But if I go make hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars, I can always come back and go get my yeah. degree. Like, I'm, I'm not always going to have the opportunity yeah. to go to the league. A lot of things can happen, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can always come back to school. And, of course, I'm going to go back and get my degree. I only yeah. have um, a semester left. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to go back and get that. But um, I just felt like it was a great opportunity. And mm-hmm. I'm still happy I made that up, you know, that um, that decision. And um, whatever happens, you know, it's my, it might not be the route that I wanted to take, yeah. but, you know, that's what I had to do. Yeah. And I'm going to make the best out of every opportunity I get. Yeah, and how was – let's go to draft night. So let's go to draft day. What was the, what was your feelings, emotions that day leading up to the night? Um. Well, I woke up that morning and worked out because I was just – I couldn't sleep the night before, bro. Yeah. Like I was – it was nonstop thinking, just, mm-hmm. you know, uncertainty, yeah. a lot of – just a lot of different emotions going on. And um, I woke up when it worked out, and I just tried to spend as much time around my family as possible that day because yeah. um, obviously, you know, they were a big part of me making of that course. decision. So <clears throat> draft comes on, 
I got some some of my friends at the house, mm-hmm. uh, my family there, and um, we just watching it, you know, whatever. I didn't really expect to get picked. Yeah, honestly, I didn't expect mm-hmm. to get drafted. I knew I was probably gonna go undrafted, but um, you know, there was a few teams that had a lot of interest in me that I thought would call my name. So yeah. like when their name when their names would come up there, I'd be like, okay, this might be it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But obviously, you know, it didn't happen, and um. I went undrafted, got picked up by Washington for summer league. Yeah, and um, what was the, how long after the draft? So after you saw your name didn't get called, I'm sure it wasn't like oh like I'm sure you're like damn I wish yeah. I got a call. But I, were you like um a little bit? Yeah, Not, just it wasn't nothing crazy. Like I was like oh why didn't I get drafted? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I was like uh, I wish I would have got. Yeah, drafted. what'd you do after that? And how long after did? You know, Washington call you and be like, yeah, you <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I knew before. Oh, um, okay. So, <laughs> but like, there was, they were like, if you if you don't get drafted, you're coming with us for summer league, oh. pretty much. Okay, so you had that underlying blanket yeah. the whole time. You're like, so okay. like, I had underlying security. Yeah. And um, but it's still just the feeling of hearing your name. Yeah, called, you know for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, so I knew before that I was going with them for summer league. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't really that was kind of expected. What's the summer league experience like going out to Vegas? Uh, Vegas is a terrible place to be for two weeks, bro. Why? <laughs> it's nothing but it's heat, yep. gambling, and a bunch of temptation pretty much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, being cooped up in a hotel for two weeks is not a great not a great thing. Yeah. But um, the ex- summer league experience was cool. Yeah, what do y'all do? Like, what do y'all do? Because I have no idea. I'll never experience that. Yeah. <laughs> the majority of people watching will never experience that. So what? what is that like? Bro, you literally, you get to Vegas and it's just, you go, you practice once a day, okay. maybe for two hours, because mm-hmm. there's so, literally every team's there. Mm-hmm. So they have to, the um, certain people use certain gyms, certain time periods. So yeah. like, we had to practice from like one to three, one okay. day, and then we literally have nothing else to do from three to the next day at okay. one. And um, so you practice, practices aren't, aren't that bad. You probably scrimmage a little bit, do some shooting drills, go through plays. Mm-hmm. They, they're not trying to kill you. And then uh, come game time, it's literally like a almost an AAU game type. Yeah. So you show up, go in the locker room, probably like 30 minutes before the game, change, get stretched, and then you go do layup lines and, and hoop. And hoop. Yeah. And um, you know, summer league, there's normally so many people on a roster that some some games people don't play. Yeah, I notice that. And then certain games people play yeah. nonstop. Yeah. It's just um, it's basically just a rotation, just to give everyone an opportunity to um, perform in front of every team because yeah. um. Obviously, if you weren't drafted by that team, they don't own your rights. Yeah. So um, any other team could come and, you know, sign you after summer league's over. Okay. And, um, yeah, so it's just a big opportunity for people that didn't get drafted. Yeah. And a chance to showcase what you your abilities. Yeah. How did you end up at, at a, in Atlanta after summer league? Um, After summer league was over, um, Washington didn't really want to, you know, continue with the with me and um you know it's just a business so yeah. I, I understood it yeah. so I just came back home worked out every day for about a month and then there was a um a combine in Chicago a G League combine okay and so um I went and did that and I did pretty well yeah um got some interest from um Atlanta and even Golden State too but yeah. that was we didn't continue with that one either yeah we were, I was gonna go out there like September seventh and have a workout with him. Okay. But um, we, me and my agent just decided to go with Atlanta, and yeah. so um, went and did that. And ever since then, I've just been flying to Atlanta every week to go work out with the team and yeah, and 
just get ready. Yeah, and Armani is a superstar. Like, ever since he got in the league, like, y'all y'all can't see this, but behind the camera, he's got a whole posse of 15 people. Bro, he's got a publicist is- here. There's an agent. There's seven people. I'm sure he doesn't even know their name. It's it's insane. Bro, don't feed into this boy. No, bro. No, he's, he's a superstar. He's, he's league. But uh, how how was your first practice at Atlanta? You... How does it hold on? How does it feel to say Vince Carter is your coworker? <laughs> Vince Carter's been in the league longer than I've been alive. Facts. No, um, the first time he really hasn't been there the entire time we've been working out. I'm sure he got <laughs> here. He got there last week. Um, but I saw him my first week there. He walked in the locker room and was like, "Hey, I'm Vince," and I was like, I kind of looked at him like, "Well, obviously I introduced myself," and yeah. I looked at him like. Bro, you don't have to introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, we know you. Yeah. Like, Vince, if there's anyone on this roster, I know it's you. Yeah, <laughs> you know for sure. But, um, no, it's just crazy to see that, you know, my name on the same piece of paper as Vince Carter, yeah. man. That's a, he's a legend, man. And um, just being able to, you know, say that I walk into the gym every day and I literally see him. Yeah. It's, you know, it's sometimes it's surreal, but, um, you know, he's, you know, he's my coworker, so I've got to. Try not to get starstruck by him. Yeah. But I, sometimes I still look at him like, bro, that's Vince Carter. Bro, bro yeah, I would not be – I'd shit myself, bro. Like, I don't want to mess up in front of Vince <laughs> Carter, bro. It's just like – and any – like, say you go to these games and you're like I, – I couldn't imagine, like, oh, that's LeBron on the other <laughs> bench over there. And, like, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. You got to try not to get starstruck by it because you, you don't see him often. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you just try to – Stay calm about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds easy, but uh, I, I couldn't do that. What's a? I've talked to some players that are either playing overseas or any kind of pro basketball, G League, NBA, and they say that once you enter for the draft, once you you know go overseas, it's the hardest part of their basketball career. Is just trying to stay afloat, trying to stay signed. Yeah. What what's a? big misconception like the general population has about professional basketball players because I'm sure they see oh he got signed with Atlanta he, oh he's it's, he's out of there like that's fun like yeah. it, it is fun but like how hard is it um it's definitely a transition yeah you know coming from college you know I was in a, we were in a pretty good conference you know we had mm-hmm. some really but it, going into the NBA bro you're playing with the best athletes in the world yeah you know what I'm saying? You waking up every day going to try to outshoot Trey Young, one of the best shooters, you know what I'm yeah, saying, in the tough. league. So yeah. it's just crazy to wake up and be like, bro, like I've got to mentally prepare myself to go to war with these guys every mm-hmm. day. Um, what a lot of people don't realize probably is that it's it's really time-consuming. Okay. Um, How's that? Wake up in the morning, you know, go lift weights. I'm probably at the gym from 9 to 2 every day. Yeah. Um. And then from two on, I just go home and do what you want to do, basically. Yeah. But um. You know, you got to be dedicated to it. You mm-hmm. got to be dedicated, bought in, um, and you got to be really disciplined, bro. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't do every, you can't do things that a normal human could do. Type. Yeah. Like you can't just go and cuss people out at a yeah. at a McDonald's because obviously yeah. your your name's a little bit bigger. Yeah. And you have a little bit more attention on you. Exactly. So you got to be a lot more weary of your surroundings and who you surround yourself by. Mm-hmm. You know, the public eye views you a little different than they would view just a normal person. Yeah, for sure. Um, So you just got to be a lot more self-controlled and self-disciplined when you're on that platform all the time. Yeah. And what... 
what's a practice like so far? Um, is it just like just regular, just basketball stuff, or is it like I I I don't I can't decide if like an NBA practice would be like yeah I'm I know it's hard, but like if you got dudes that have been there for ten years, yeah. you got I can't see them being like. Get on the baseline, nah. like you know what I'm saying. Like I can't nah. be like, bro. Um, I make thirty million dollars. Like I'm not, I'm not yeah. running. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. So what's that like? Um, normally we'll go in. You know, we'll have a little individual or small group workout. So it'll be maybe two of us, maybe three of us in a group max mm-hmm. for like thirty minutes. Yeah. And um, there will be like five different groups of those, and then they vary from shooting to doing concept drills, um, ball handling, pick and roll stuff, mm-hmm. just various things. And then um. Going into the team concept, um, we'll normally either do some transition defensive drills, um, uh, you know, basic stuff like three-man weave just to get loose. Uh, and then we'll go through our plays, go over our defensive principles, um, then do a couple of shooting drills at the team. And most of the times at the end of practice, we scrimmage. Okay. So we'll scrimmage for about, you know, however many games, five games. Mm-hmm. And then that'll basically be it. That's it. That sounds like a good practice. It's a normal yeah. day. Yeah, it's yeah. like a regular practice. I don't know. Like, for us regulars, you know, we, I, we can't imagine what an NBA, you know, practice would be like. Um, moving topics to not basketball-related stuff, you are the owner and founder of a clothing company, clothing yeah. line called uh, Modern View. Yeah. So why why start that? Where did that come from? Um, I've been thinking about starting it in school. But um, obviously, when you're in college, or well, being an athlete, you can't own yeah. or you know get compensation from something that that's on your name. Yeah. So um, I've been thinking about doing it since my sophomore year. Uh, I just couldn't because I didn't have the time or the money to obviously invest in it. Yeah. So, you know, I just felt like this was a good opportunity, and um, basically the entire line is to just encourage you to be different. You know okay. what I'm saying? Just to be you, be yourself, and just don't try to be. You know, just a stereotypical person. Yeah. Um, whatever society tries to yeah, box you whatever, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, just be different, be you. That's the whole motto behind it. That's why I spelled view so yeah. we're different and weird. V U E. This dude's an artist. I didn't even <laughs> put two and two together. This whatever. guy's tough. This, this guy. What, what's your plan for it? Like, how? What do you want it? Do you want it to be in stores? What do you What do you want it to be overall um, goal? I don't know if I want it to be in stores. I plan on, you know, expanding it a lot in mm-hmm. the next couple of months. And um, hopefully when I get, you know, where I want to be at, that, um, I can get it, you know, where I own a store. Mm-hmm. You know, me and some of my friends um, are talking about starting up on um streetwear store, basically, in Austin. And okay. a um, shoe store. So, um, you know, just trying to take baby steps. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully one day it gets to a platform big enough to wear People are talking about it all the time, and I see it all the time. Yeah. What do you do outside of basketball? What's your What's your hobby? What's fun? Um, I watch a lot of anime for real. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. probably something a lot of people didn't know. Yeah. Uh, I watch anime. I like playing video games all the time. Bro. What video games do you play? Obviously, you know the mainstream Call of Duty, 2K, Madden. This is where I check out of the conversation. I don't watch anime or play video games. Well, you just, you need to expand your horizon. Bro, okay, let me get into anime real quick, and I'm going to get killed for this. But I I don't get it. Preston's laughing because he loves, well, he doesn't love, but he, he he's, yeah, he's a fan of anime, you know. But me, I don't know which one 
I watch. Like even Dragon Ball Z, I can't I can't do it. Like as a kid, I was watching it, but like now, I, I can't do it. They spend eighteen episodes on a standoff, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm tired of watching y'all look at each other. No facts. Like a lot of the animes are drawn out for no reason. Yeah. Like there'll be um, episodes where it's literally just a person sitting there talking to itself for twenty minutes, but. Why, why would you watch that? I don't <laughs> but, understand. Like, it's the narrative and, the you know, the character buildup and the, um, the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And they be boxing. Like, bro, if you watch the right anime, bro, they be fighting <laughs> so <laughs> hard. Like, bro, like, if you really sat there and watched Dragon Ball Z, not even Dragon Ball Z, like, start with Dragon Ball, which is like when Goku was a little kid, before he started, you know what I'm saying? They be throwing hands, bro. Like, <laughs> what other, I see, um... Uh, what is some called? My Hero uh, Acad- Academia. Academia nuts. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, is that the one where they in the high school? In- <laughs> yeah, they like. Yeah, that's the one where they got. Um, that's where they got quirks, right, Preston? I didn't watch that one. Oh, okay. Then, well, yeah. yeah, I think they got quirks. Um, yeah, I don't really watch that one that much. Uh, yeah. Right now, I've been watching Hunter X Hunter. What's that? Um, it's about the main characters' names Goon and Kiwa and. <laughs> They basically just they they try to become hunters, which is like a a professional hunter, obviously. But like, there's it's a lot, bro. You gotta watch. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Yeah, I, no. I just finished it. No, bro, it, it's interesting though. The character build up, everything about it, the storyline, the plots, the fights, obviously. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I I can't do it. Like whenever we were growing up, the only anime we watched was a show called Hamtaro. You know what Hamtaro no, is? I don't never heard it's of it. It's this little hamster and it's it's little miscellaneous even... ventures. As a hamster, well, I think to... it was for kids. Was it for kids? Pokemon. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was Hamtaro for for kids. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I was a little orange and white hamster. Yeah, and, then, and we had the little Nintendo game of it. So that, oh, that was God. hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, my roommate in, uh, in my second year of college, he anime twenty four seven, bro. Yeah. Like all day, and I was like, it, I, there's definitely been days like. When I don't have anything to do, like, mm-hmm. I would literally sit in my bed and watch it the entire day. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't move. No, nah, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> um, I might try. What's it, what was that called? Hunter x Hunter? Hunter x Hunter, yeah. My Hero Macadamia Nuts. This guy. Let's What's wrong <laughs> with this dude? <laughs> let's, uh, let's round this off with um, a little segment I like to call Phone Topics. Phone Topics. Where I screenshot stuff I saw on Twitter. <laughs> this pertains to you. The NBA G League will experiment a new free throw rule with one free throw counts for all the points this season. So, like, you get fouled on a layup, you shoot one free throw, counts as two points. You get fouled on a three, make the free throw, you get three points. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What do you, how do you feel about that? Um, I was actually on my way to the airport when I heard that the rule was being implemented. And yeah. I was like, bro, what? Yeah. Like, to me, it didn't make any sense at all. But um, I think... They're really just trying to limit. They're trying to cut down the game times, basically, to get them under two hours. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think it's, you know, I I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, honestly. he's got to be politically correct because that's his employer, <laughs> so he's got to be. Yeah, he can't. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I mean, I guess if you're a good free throw shooter, then it doesn't really matter because like then you just go shoot one shot and you get all three of the points or yeah. all two of the points. I can already see so many problems with this, though. There's people flopping on three-pointers already. If You you know how many times I will flop and flail on a three-point shot if I know I'm going to line to shoot a higher percentage shot, which will count for three points. That's insane. 
Yeah, and then it could be on the bad end too, like if you know hack a shack type stuff. Exactly. So like a person could be fifty percent free throw shooter, yeah. for instance. But you know that means that he's only making one out of every two. So yeah. if you foul him, chances are he's gonna miss this free throw. Yeah. And if you keep fouling him, I mean he'll eventually make one. He make one. You but know what yeah. I'm saying? But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But I don't even think they believe in their rule because they the rule is like in the last two minutes it's normal. Yeah. Um. Like you know, I want you to commit to the rule. If you're gonna have the rule, commit to the rule the whole game. Yeah. I. I don't know. We'll see how it works though. Yeah. 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 Good politically correct answer. You're media trained. You had to go through media training. No. You haven't yet. No. no. <laughs> but uh, uh, your teammate Trey Young tweeted. Have you seen the video with Devin Booker getting mad about the double team? Yeah. So he tweeted, Devin Booker speaking facts. There should be no double teaming in pickup. When you're trying to work on your game and work on the moves and things you do individually in pickup, it's annoying getting double teamed in that type of setting. Just saying. Hashtag only a few understand. How do you feel about being double teamed in pickup? I've always been an advocate of why would you even do that? You know okay. what I'm saying? Like if a person is if, – if I go to the local rec and <laughs> – I get to cooking somebody. Yeah. He should not just switch the matchup. Okay. Like you don't hey, go double team him. No, I think that no, nah, I think that's whack. What I'm saying is like like the gyms, open gyms is basically just to come hoop. Yeah. And obviously, you know, being a per, a basketball player, um you aren't going to do the normal things that you would do in a normal basketball setting. So you're going to work on stuff Mm-hmm. that you feel like you need to work on, and, you know, in drills. Because a lot of times drills don't carry over. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a, like a transitional period to where you can okay. work on that to get it to carry over to an actual game. And that's what those open gyms are for. Yeah. And um, if someone double teams it, it's kind of like, bro, what are you doing? Like okay. if a person comes and double teams me, I'm like, bro, like I, I really will go home. If they're <laughs> double teaming, I will just leave. I'm like, bro, I'm not about to sit here and play with y'all double teaming. Yeah. And they'll be like, bro, you're a professional basketball player. You're st-. I'm like, bro, you're grown. You can't, if you cannot guard me, switch the matchup, bro. Let me be devil's advocate for a second. There's a point system at these pickup games, correct? Yeah. <laughs> your, your objective in the pickup game, the actual game, not individually, the pickup game is to win. If man over here is getting forty balled from half court, yeah, I'm I'm here to win. I'm gonna I'm we're double teaming. No. I'm just saying I can no. see where it's plausible. I can see where it's coming from. And if we're working on game time situations. You get double teamed in a game, work on the double team. Bro, but a lot of people, a lot of teams aren't going to double team. That's like, how many times have you just seen Steph Curry get double teamed? That's, well, I mean, that's a different situation. You got to play. But still, you know what I'm saying. Okay, well, let's pick, like, James Harden. Okay. How many times have you just seen somebody just run and double team That's true. This I mean, because they're not, they not going to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just... I mean, if you're if you don't feel like you can guard that person, just switch. Or if you're not good enough to be at that pickup session, just leave. <laughs> Damn. I mean, it's just the truth. Like, if you feel like the pickup session is outside of your skill level, don't play. That's you facts. don't need someone to be like, "Oh, I got your back, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna come double team with you." No, either you can guard them or you can't, and you sit out or wait till next game, wait till they lose. I don't know. Do something. But you not don't double team, bro. I like when he gets in his NBA player bag, that I'm nice bag. Is bro, that don't don't double team me, bro. Press what what time are we at? We're about to cross forty six minutes. Forty six minutes. Yeah, we can go ahead and wrap it up, Armani, bro. Appreciate, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, dog. Appreciate it's you. It's big time. Me.
the first podcast. I've been working on this for a long time, bro. It's uh, all this is by me. You saw us setting up. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all us. But, you know, we got a vision in mind, and uh, we just hope it works out. And I appreciate you being the beginning of this vision. Talk to the camera and tell them where they can find you on social media. Um, on Instagram, it's at Sniper Brooks, S-N-I-P-A Brooks. And um, my Twitter got hacked. Oh. So I had to make a new one. So it's not just Sniper Brooks. It's Sniper Brooks underscore the end. So mm. that's my Twitter and, yeah, Instagram and Twitter. Okay, and Modern View Clothing, where can they buy Modern right View there? Clothing, um, we have our Instagram page and our Twitter page and Facebook. I don't know how many people are using Facebook, but, you know, that's big. <laughs> yeah. Um, modern View, modernvueclothing.com, and um, – Go get your merch. Yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram at PSH8 and on Twitter at the PSH8. Amani, post this so I can get some damn followers. I got you. I see, like, I'm like, damn, every time I look, you get more followers. I'm over here. I can't even pass a 1,000, but we're working on it. To, you know what I'm saying? You should know podcast. First episode done. Armani Brooks, Atlanta Hawks, bro. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Glad to be here. See you next time. Ugh. <sighs> Good work. Facts.